This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes and may not be suitable for all audiences. another episode in the, of In the Sigh of the Storm, where we talk all things cyclones. We're coming to you live from the Gravitate co-working studios. I'm Dave Larson here with my storm team partners, Marcus Spicer and Brent Curvey. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Blessed. That's it. That's it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Above ground is always a good situation to be in, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, a lot has happened uh, since we last talked a couple of weeks ago. We've had a couple of football games. We've had several basketball games. We've had some changes in, in terms of personnel for both teams. Uh, let's jump into the football since we just had a game over the weekend. Uh, that was a big-time game, 7 o'clock game against Texas. Um, I was fortunate enough to be there and, and witness it. You know, it's – I hate to say when I was in college, but when I was in college, Texas, we never looked forward to playing them because it was just not going to be competitive. And since that time, though, we have played them. That's probably been one of the uh, better te- better teams that we played well against on a consistent basis, at least over the last six, seven, eight years. Uh, Brent, I know you your teams had some very good success against Texas as well, played strong, played well against them. Uh what were your guys' take on the on the game this last weekend against the last game against the Longhorns and Jack Trice? I didn't get to watch much of it. Uh, I was actually on the road, so I'm traveling with the with the kid doing some recruiting and all of that stuff. So I was actually on the highway driving back home from another game. But yeah, can't tell you a whole lot about it. So I will not lie to you. I kind of I was able to log on to like YouTube TV and spots, but it's traveling it was god awful so i had to kind of watch highlights and plays after <laughs> the fact so. how about you marcus well i watched a lot of it um very encouraged by you know the the strides we've made as a ball club this year um you know i thought it was going to be a lot tougher than what it was uh, ultimately you know there were some calls and there's always some calls that goes on in the games that seem to be that determining factor, even if it's early on or midway of the game, it always seem to be that determining factor that, uh, you know, we either win or lose by. And I felt like there was a couple of calls um, that happened in that game that it was the same way. But overall, um, not expect a lot of people not 
expecting us to be able to even compete with Texas, like you said before. Like I, re- I remember when Ricky Williams was at Texas and just all they did was drop back and just hand it to him and just get out the way. And you just watch the greatness of of how he was and and being able to turn the tables of that, uh, being able to compete with teams like that. It was it was refreshing to see, but it damn sure would have been good to get that win and uh, you know solidify that that bowl spot. Yeah, um, you know, in a way, our program, the program's come so much further under Matt Campbell, and and um, I hate to call it a moral victory, but we played pretty well against a top ten ranked team, and that defense that Texas has against the run, it, we could have, we probably probably would have had more success running up against a brick wall because that's about what it was mm-hmm. on Saturday. Passing game seemed to be. Uh, seem to do much better. I, I wish at times I'm sitting there thinking, let's go five out. Let's just pass because we're not getting anywhere with a run. Now, granted, because we kept trying to run up the gut, that opened up that little pass um, in either the third or fourth quarter that passed to Easton Dean that uh, scored for a touchdown. That was just a brilliant call um, at that particular time in the game. But um, again, right. he'd say there's a moral victory, but um, disappointing, certainly. Um, but we had our chances, and um, I, I, I like I like the upcoming game against Kansas State. I think that's going to be an equally tough game. We seem to play well on the road, and uh, Texas or uh, Kansas State's going to be. I think it's going to be another night game, another seven o'clock kickoff. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that game on Saturday. Yeah, I was just at the so I was at the Kansas Kansas State game actually, and uh, kind of seeing them in person. Um, I think watching their offense kind of move the ball around against Kansas, we got a pretty solid shot because uh, Kansas was, I mean, they were pe- beating them pretty good the whole first half, maybe uh, well, one through three quarters, one through three, and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter, case they make this big comeback, but case they couldn't run the ball. So I feel very confident this upcoming week about, you know, walking away with that one for sure. Uh, it'll be a struggle. we got to finish it out because k is kind of a late bloomer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think we got a hell of a shot to, to win it there. So after watching K-State, Brent, um, where do you think we have the edge against Kansas State? Uh, I think we can run the ball against them. Their defense looked okay at times, but Kansas was able to run the ball and move it fairly consistently. Um, and you know, I thought we did a pretty solid job, even though the, the refs were terrible when we played Kansas, uh, and kind of, you know, holding their run game in check for the most part. So I think we'll be able to run the ball quite a bit. And, um, I think they struggled a little bit in the secondary too. So right towards the end, but as long as we don't make mistakes, I think we, we, we give our chance ourselves a hell of a chance. Well, and again, nine yards rushing against Texas. We, it's never a good recipe um, to to try to win a game. And uh, although one of the bright spots, Rocco Beck uh, surpassed Brock Purdy for most touchdowns by a freshman quarterback. That was that's good to see, and it certainly is a promising for the future at the quarterback position for the Cyclones. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. He, he's definitely stepped into that role. He, he's learned and um, gotten better, tremendously better this this season. And you know, now I'm gonna, I'm not as as nervous as I used to be 
like the start <laughs> yeah. of the season when he dropped back. I mean, it, it was a couple of passes at the start of the season that was like right there or or tipped or mm-hmm. you know there was scores in there to like our guy couldn't even really catch it and it was like bouncing off the hands but like now when he drops back I, I feel like he has more command and control he's 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 understood the game a lot more now and he's getting a lot a lot more comfortable so he's a big piece of why the season has turned around without a doubt and um that's yeah. refreshing to see that's that's great insight you know that he is so much more confident than what he was certainly at the beginning of the year and this whole this whole team has transformed since that ohio game and i I know we talked about it this a couple weeks ago too but the team we are seeing today is not the same team that played ohio and i i wish we could bottle up this team go back to the beginning of the year and i i think we beat iowa right (laughs) i think we beat ohio for sure you know, yep. and we've got that tra- trajectory where I, I think uh, you know, I would love to have seen where this team could be in another six games from now. Mm, for sure. Right. Absolutely. I mean, man, now, we're so we're... young. We are so young. So that's so exciting <laughs> to, to kind of start to slowly figure it out. First year uh, offensive coordinator. Like, it's, it's going to be scary the next couple of years. There's a lot of young talent on that roster. And they're fun. They're just yeah. fun fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Any preferences on a bowl game? I, I've heard prognosticators talk about Shreveport um, for the Independence Bowl and then uh, going back to uh, Memphis for the Liberty Bowl. Any preference either way for you two? I mean, no doubt pre- I will preference the Independence Bowl and Shreveport being from Louisiana that being right down the street from my house, so if, if I'm going to pull for either one, it's definitely going to be that yeah. that one. Um, you know, maybe I'll be able to finagle my way down to that one. You know, uh, <laughs> maybe going on a trip with the family, but we'll see what happens. But if it's you know any bowl, I prefer that one. I mean, you know, I you know we won at both places. I had to I had the chance to play and win in Shreveport, so of course I'd want to go back and you know mm-hmm. get us another victory out of there. So that wouldn't be one I wouldn't mind going to. So. So I missed that game, Brent. I went to the first Shreveport game in the early 2000s where mm-hmm. we missed the when Tony John... Yelk kick that field goal oh, against Alabama. Yeah, it was a one. Against uh, mm-hmm. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Right. And depending upon angles, yep. it was in. You know, I would say fans mm-hmm. forever. We say it was in. <laughs> Alabama fans, no, it wasn't in. Of course. But we all know. Well, good, Marcus. And that way we know that uh, we've got a place to stay if we're heading down there then, right? Oh, we got we got a lot of room, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> acres, a lot of room. All the guys, we, we actually had a lot of family came up when, you know, unfortunately Katrina came through and, and devastated so many homes. But, you know, it's been, a, been, been about a year or so since I've been back home. So I wouldn't mind, you know, getting down for that game. Did you all see uh, Fiesta? What, what George yesterday? George Trice say Fiesta on the comments? Means. Fiesta or Insight? Oh yeah. Are, are <laughs> either one of those in Arizona? <laughs> Is I would Fiesta take Fiesta, in Arizona? definitely. I don't think we're going there. Uh, Insight, yeah. I would definitely go back. But uh, that one's called. Uh, I think that one has a different sponsor now. Oh, he said, "Yep, that's why." I like. 
he he being as biased as I am. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, but I if it's if it's in Arizona, you know, that's right down the street for me as well, you know. So I'll be able to hop over to that one too. All right, so I'm hearing two locations. We got a place to stay. That's good news. <laughs> so gravitate uh co-working, you heard the news there. We uh would have uh at least some um uh, less expensive overnight stays, uh, as well as Revelton, depending upon which location we end up going to. Right, guys? That's it. Hey, Brock Purdy. Uh, did you see him yesterday carve up? Um, uh, Absolutely. Carving up that defense. Oh, 333 yeah. yards. 21 for 25, I believe, completion percentage. Had a perfect QBR score the first time I think in 25 years last to do it was Joe mm-hmm. Montana and Steve Young in 1989. That was another impressive showing by Mr. Purdy. Yeah, um, you know, you have a lot of you don't want to call them haters, but they are haters uh, on social media that you know say a lot of different things. And you know, I just I just pretty much say you know when they they won five in a row, they five and zero, oh. then they lost three in a row. You know, and they say, oh, we don't know about I'm like, you know, this is his first full year. I mean, it, it is the National Football League. And, right. You know, that, you know, bodies get sore, get tired, get injured and all of that. And that really affects it, uh, affect your play. So I said, you know, I understand the I, I guess he didn't really have to go through a rookie wall because, you know, he, he took the range kind of late. So you could pretty much say that that was his rookie wall and he was trying to figure some things out and it settled down. I guess three was enough for him. And it, it, it damn sure was enough for me. You know, <laughs> losing three in a row. Cause yeah, I'm definitely uh, rooting for the 49ers out here, but uh, it, it's, it's been refreshing to see him bounce back and to understand and handle, you know, what he's been, what he's gone through, you know, that injury that he had at the end of last year, last season, you know, it's kind of scary. So mm-hmm. for him to come out this year and, and been having, you know, a solid season. And then, you know, that game was just, you know, no pun intended purdy. But it was gorgeous. <laughs> the game was gorgeous. No pun intended. Hey, Mark, you brought it or Marcus, yeah. you brought up uh rookie wall. Tell People us give. when you were in the NBA, did you run across that your first year with the Bulls? Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as not as much as a lot of other people may have. Um, we had a lot of rookies that I was drafted with. And, um, you know, the guys, like I said before, I, I, Freddie was on the team, Hoiberg. I think Freddie was like 25, 26. You know, so we all were young. Um, didn't know anything really about being professionals or playing basketball. So we we just pretty much having fun, uh, just trying to learn learn and carve that niche. So it wasn't it wasn't like – you know, I was playing 42 minutes, 45 minutes a game. Um, you know, it was a lot of rotating in and out. So, you know, it, it could have been 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, some games or whatever. So it wasn't that bad of a of a rookie season to where like like I was a starter and playing 48, you know, 45, 48 minutes a game. And, and by the time you got to the all-star break, you know, you were burned out. So. But I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it a lot, and and I can imagine how it is in the NFL when you, I mean, if you don't understand, like you have, you know, linemen that are three fifty, 
is running, you know, sub sub five forties. Like that's a lot of mass moving really, really fast. Yeah. And then when you have, you know, uh, uh, other players that's running just as fast, and you climb in, into each other, that that puts a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. So, especially with the quarterback, everybody's trying to get to him from all kind of different angles. It's that's stressful enough by itself, uh, without even taking a physical punishment. So. Um, I, I totally understood. You know, maybe there was that point. Maybe it came at the right time. Now they're five and uh, what, what are they? Five yeah. and three or, or six and three? Should be six and three after that win, right? They won five and then they lost three. Then yeah. they won. Yeah, six and three. So, and three. so they're they're peaking at the right time and um, just understanding that, you know, he he's he's figuring some things out now and them to be one of the ones that's winning it all for sure. That would be grand. But you hear, you hear uh, the haters talk a little bit about the system quarterback piece, and doggone it, pretty much every quarterback's a system quarterback. You draft the guy that has traits that you're looking for <laughs> that can run the offense that you want to have run. Every quarterback yeah. out there is a system quarterback. That's that's and, football 101. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I have to find someone that fits this scheme. Right, like, That's what it's about. It's the whole right. Well, the challenge, you know, I think at that high school and, and and college level is you got different talent coming through and you sort of have to adjust some of the personnel based upon or adjust some of the schemes based upon the personnel that you're bringing in. At least in the pros, it, it comes and goes based upon whoever's the, the head coach, right? Yeah. So I, I'll take a team that's what – what is he, 13 and three in the regular season at this point? Something pretty darn close to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that all day. I mean, that, that's the same debate they have with Richard Sherman and oh, with Richard Sherman being, uh, you know, he's a, a zone corner. So he's not a man corner, but dude's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He'll be a Hall of Famer. So it doesn't matter. Like, right. <laughs> that's why guys are drafted. Like, they're paid to play in spots. Not one guy can win the entire football game. So it doesn't matter. He's, yep. he's a hell of a facilitator. And Brock's been proving guys wrong left and right. It's so crazy, man. They need to go ahead and get on board. And the kid's just, he's got it figured out, man. Slowly but surely. Yes, he does. Even if he has to throw it to a Hawkeye. But that's, yeah, that's, that's why, uh, that's why I get on. Uh, <laughs> that's why I get on social media and I just say, listen, that's why we call y'all fans because that's basically what it is. Like, you, you don't you don't get in your understand like there's there's different at there's different spots in this game that you know there's a lot more than just going out there and playing look look how now now all of a sudden everybody's oh russell whistling is playing so great you know he, he was terrible last year he's washed up and then they weren't doing good early and then now something has switched and he's playing like come on i give the man time to to you know figure it out and get better you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but they're pros for a reason. They're pros mm-hmm. on that level for a reason. And even if it's not the right spot or right team, you switch players and things like that. Look, you know, Tyrese uh, Halliburton was in Sacramento, and, and now he's in Indiana. Yeah. Look how this worked out for him. And look at Sabonis. Um, I mean, Devonta Sabonis this in, in right. Sacramento mm-hmm. with that trade. Hides worked out for them both, right. you know. But yeah. when they were at those teams, it was you know up and downs, up and downs, and you know now they're in perfect situations for them. Yeah. Pros figure it out. Either they do, or either they don't. But you got to give time for it to ha- to happen. One hundred percent. Marcus, did you get in trouble on Twitter this weekend? 
No. Well, I, I mean, I don't. He <laughs> like shit. I don't know. Did I? <laughs> no. Did I? <laughs> what, did I? Did I? <laughs> Well, sometimes I, I know you come back yeah. on Mondays. Did and sometimes I? Sometimes <laughs> a little rough on Twitter over the weekend. Oh man, that's fine. Uh, no, uh, no, I didn't. It depends on it depends on what my what my Saturday is or or what I've seen. Like I, I really try to try not to pay that much attention to it. Um, you know, now it, it was it was easier when the kids were younger, where you can you know just probably give them some McDonald's and sit them down, whatever. But now the kids are older and there's things that you have to do, more moving parts, more different places, more things that take your attention away from social media. But, nah, I, I don't think I got in trouble on Twitter this weekend. Good. I don't think I tweeted this weekend. Sometimes I live tweet. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll be live tweeting during the game. But I think this past Saturday I just I just sat and watched the game and, and wanted to enjoy and focus and try to try to focus on them getting the win, but you know, I was upset we didn't get it though. Yeah, and it's probably good that uh, Brett is out doing travels because that way he can avoid being on Twitter <laughs> for the same reason. Yeah, I, I did now, a quick, I, I did I a quick Chris, look at Marcus's. I did a quick look at Marcus's Twitter account here. Well, he did on minute, November fourth. Chris, you got say, locked out this weekend. You have no room to talk. I know, right? I did. I got I got put in Twitter jail. That's right. <laughs> I told somebody to go jump in a lake, and Elon didn't on, like on it. November 4th? Yeah, November 4th, you said, fire all these Big 12 refs. This oh, shit's my. ridiculous. And some <laughs> random Twitter person said, like, your sorry basketball career, and Marcus eviscerated him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, those be, you know, trolls. It'd it, it be you know, the, the accounts without, you know, uh, avatar or anything like that it, most of the time i think it'd be people who set up an account right then and there 100 troll yeah but mm. I, right what would you guys have done i mean you played at the highest levels what what would have been what would your careers have been like with twitter i mean would you have gone out after a game and just fired it up and responded or how, how do you think you would have been as a player with uh, today's social media mm. I'm glad. And Brad, you you know, and both of you have kids that are at that age that you know they grew up with this. Yes, yeah, you know, it's unique, man. Because uh, so immediately after we lost in the second round of the playoffs here in Waukee, my son was like, "Yeah, they're you're roasting me right now." Because early in the year, he said we were dome bound, right, going to the playoffs or whatever. Uh, we got beat the game before, so he was like, "Yeah, look at this, like everybody's on me," and I'm like. Damn, like it's really like it's really a thing. Like these kids really are trying to, you know, you know, kill your ego, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I would have did it. Um, because I'd be ready to fight. Like, and I'm not gonna talk a lot. Like I, you know, I just let's just knock it out. Cause you wanna talk, do all this talking, like please tell me my face. Like I just love to hear what you'd have to say in front of me. It'd be phenomenal, but I don't like scary people, man. I honestly, I'm, I really totally dislike social media. If it wasn't for having jobs and really needing it, I probably wouldn't mess with it too much, to be honest. But I'm so glad it wasn't around, honestly. I, I mean, MySpace was, was jumping, but, you know, MySpace, you had to copy codes and put the right music on your wall and all of that mm. stuff. So <laughs> that, it wasn't that, worth it. Uh, <laughs> 
MySpace, you know, people are watching and listening and going, what the hell is MySpace? So, <laughs> right. Now that that's old school. Yeah, man. What about you, Marcus? How would you have been in social media? I suppose your current Twitter is probably reflective of how you would have been. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, like like Brent said, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, like I'm, I'm 45 years old now. You know, and I'm, I'm an adult. And as much as I thought I was an adult, 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, it, it probably was a whole lot worse and would have been different then. Um, so, like now, I only go so far with people. I, you know, I, I just get to the point to where I give you a couple of facts and then I leave it at that because, you know, there's always the opposite of whatever anyone ever says. You know, so whatever I say, it could be total, totally true, total facts. You can make up anything that you want to make up, anyways, and and just continue to continue to keep the conversation on until either I'm blocked or or something is going on. But at that age, I I really don't know. I I just know that you know things would have been a lot different. Probably, I I probably wouldn't have uh, you know interacted as much. You know, it's it's kind of like kind of like a uh, Kevin Durant you know type thing where. <laughs> You know, he, he gets on there and, and he says some of the things to the fans like, you know, like you guys don't even seem real by the stuff that y'all say. Like like he said, you know, NBA fans don't even like the NBA and it's weird. Like you just like you just get on here just to comment about. But at the same time, you know, you can't do what we do. So what is it really about? Are you upset about, you know, you not having the talent or. You know, you're not being able to do what we do. I say all the time, or a lot of times to people that's, you know, that's always on LeBron, trolling LeBron. I'm like, if he was your father or your brother or your first cousin or something like that, you probably would be having a different tune right now. So, I mean, just be fans. Let that be what it is. And just go about your business. But, you know, everyone has an opinion nowadays. and And they feel like they're entitled to voicing it. And making it be in fact when it's you know majority of the time is not a fact. Yeah. Well said. Well, we want to keep this conversation going, but let's first get a word from our sponsor, Revelton Distillery. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. All right. Thanks again to Revelton. Uh, I believe we have a program coming up where all of the uh, hosts of all of the Three Beards Media um, uh, shows are going to be hanging out for everybody to come visit us down in Osceola on December 9th. And there you see it on the screen from 12 to 2. If you haven't been to, to Revelton yet, it's uh, just a beautiful facility. They're adding on uh, to the warehouse space. 
uh, continuing to grow. And uh, you'll, especially as we come up on the holidays with uh, Thanksgiving here on Thursday, uh, stop by and pick up a Revelton uh, take it home. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed tonight. I have again uh, gone back to the whiskey and cream liqueur. It is that type of uh, evening. And the cooler weather tends to shift my attention to that from the mulberry. And uh, it's uh, very good with a little bit of ice, just straight. All right, so let's talk a little bit basketball. We had uh, had three basketball games, I think, since we last talked, um, all blowouts. I've been uh, impressed, you know, in years past, doesn't matter if it's football or basketball, but good teams beat up bad teams. And it seems in the past we've had some decent, if not good, basketball teams that somehow those games against bad teams are close. That doesn't seem to be the case this year. So here in the last three games, Lindwood, Lind, Lindenwood, 103-47. to 47. Idaho State, which was supposed to be closer than what it was, ended up at 86 to 55. And then this past weekend, we played uh, Grambling State and former Cyclone uh, Terrence Lewis. Uh, beat them 92 to 37. Those were some big thumpings. Any thoughts on the season thus far? It's early, man. Looks like well, I would have loved to have played Grambling State. You know that's Grambling State is literally oh, yeah. that's right. seven eight miles away from my home, so I would I would have loved to to be a part of that <laughs> when I was you know at Iowa State. But um, these games have, have have been some some great showing. Uh, the competition is just a little you know lackluster compared to what we're going to be facing in the Big Twelve. But you all you also want to get games in and not let it be just about practice. So. Um, to see the guys figure some things out early on, uh, get that continuity together, camaraderie together, um, and hopefully, you know, continue to win. Yeah, those type of games are always good for confidence builders too, right? Helping guys to kind of find their stroke and find your spots on the court. Um, I think, you know, like Marcus said, that competition is going to stiffen up here real quick. So it's good to get these out of the way, man, let guys kind of get used to what it's going to be like, but, um, you know, it's the young guys that need more and more time, right? So that they can, you know, get ready for what's to come. This Big 12 isn't ain't easy at all. Beast. Um, so <laughs> it's a monster. So, you know, but I mean, the, these kids are showing, you know, splashes of why they got recruited, right? Big time guys, big name guys, good shooters. So be good to see, man. I always like seeing blowouts. It means we can score points, and that's a good thing. Yeah, especially this early in the season. We should be beating teams up like that. Yeah. So one big loss, though, Hassan Ward. Sounds like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, reports that I read, he had a, a, a broken foot or a bone that was broken in his foot that he um, had some a procedure done on it. So we may not see him for another six to eight weeks, but that provides a little bit of opportunity uh, for some guys that maybe didn't get as much playing time, notably Omaha Baloo. You know, Omaha has came in as a McDonald's All-American. Marcus, you know about that. And I think we were a little bit surprised he wasn't starting right off the bat as a McDonald's All-American. Any, what are your thoughts, I guess, on his play thus far and and any differences that you've seen between that first game and that most recent 
game out of uh, Omaha. Well, I, I feel like you know him being a McDonald All American, you got you got to get behind him and you got to allow him to figure out the collegiate you know stage. Um, let him make his mistakes on the court. You know, not you know we're trying to figure out in practice where, because. It doesn't matter how, how much you practice. You're practicing against your peers. You're practicing against your, you know, brothers and teammates and, you know, and all of that. It's a little bit different than the game. So um, when the referee's out there, crowd is out there, let him get out there and figure out and experience it for them for himself. Um, I was totally stopped, you know, being a McDonald All-American, that he wasn't starting, um, but he's, he's, he's gotten – He's gotten out there. He showed some flashes. I didn't see the Grandma State game, um, but that kind of blow. I don't, I'm glad I didn't because, you know, I I, I think we should have better competition yeah. than that. But um, um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to you know him being the the second minute on All American, and I would say history. Obviously, you know, second to uh, me coming in there in '97 and just having a lot of you know aspirations and you know, desires myself for him, you know, um, you know, playing pretty much the same position. You know, he plays a four, three, four, five, whatever. I, I didn't play much of the small forward in college. It wasn't until I got to the pros with that. But, you know, um, similar game, similar height, things like that. I'm, I'm just looking for him to, you know, take control and be, you know, that, that kind of player, um, the, the kind of player that, you know, the – Committee felt like he was in high school to be a McDonald All American, so I'm I'm very anxious. I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to be biased with him about that. He's a big man, so I'm going to be biased with that. And so I'm just looking for these numbers to skyrocket, and because I feel like that's going to be the catalyst to to change this team, this ball club, to being what we need them to be in the Big Twelve. Do you ever have an opportunity to interact with Omaha through the program and, and give him some unsolicited or solicited advice? And um, what would be some of the things that you would tell him? Do I, do I have enough? Do I ever have? Or if I had? Yeah, I mean, because he would have, he probably would have signed. I can't remember the signing period that that he announced that he was going to be coming to Iowa state, but did you have an opportunity to, mm-hmm. um, whether at any of the tournaments that you would see him at through the high school circuit or even on campus, have a chance to, um, give him some, some help or some guidance. Uh, well, I hadn't so far. I mean, I would absolutely love to, uh, have that opportunity to, um, I don't know if he's on social media. He could be, um, you know, but for the most part now, I always sit back and, and watch, um, you know, and and try to observe, try to get like in that in that bigger brother coach's role because, you know, I am a coach now and just try to understand the different things that when that time permits, if it does permit and it is welcomed, um, reach out and, and just, you know, speak on the things that I've learned uh, about Iowa State in the past and the Big 12 and things like that um, because I – you know, I, I know having that kind of talent, what he can do. Um, so it's early on. He didn't get much time before. Now we're going to see him a lot more, getting more time now. And so now I'll be able to not not necessarily critique or pick apart his game. But, again, you know, I'm in that coach's role now where as a kid, I 
probably wouldn't understand the critique and things like that the coaches do. But now being in that coach's role, now I understand, you know, where it was coming from. And now I'm in that role to, you know, reach down and, and give some different advice and different things to help along the way. Like I said, if it's welcome. So um, I would absolutely love to love to, you know, if, if I could work with them, show them a couple of things. Um, it's probably going to have me with, with ice and on my knees and my ankles <laughs> by the, by the night, night's fall. But I absolutely still love love to get out there and work with them, show them a few things. And, Brent, we know your passion has always been basketball as well. Does this say – what does this say about the program when you've got a guy like Omaha Baloo that is your 7, 8, eight 9 guy – on the bench and there's no need to rush him in and put him in a starter's role. Does that say anything about the program? I mean, I mean, it does. It speaks volumes, man. I think, uh, I think it talks more to the strategy of odds, right? Just it's like, Hey, just because you were uh, McDonald's all American doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a starting job either. So I think, you know, Coaches have different ways of kind of pushing guys and getting them kind of step up and play a little bit harder, compete a little bit more, and so on and so forth. So I think it could be some of that, too, trying to, you know, give him a little extra nudge. Obviously, I don't know what's going on at practice or, or what have you, but just thinking about, you know, I have these talks with my son now about being the guy in high school, and now you're just a guy when you get to college, right? So I think – um I might have a hair to do with it, but I think the way he's kind of, you know, slowly ushering him in is starting to help build his confidence. Obviously, he's, you know, playing a little bit better um, and kind of watching him here in high school. He's a he's a kid that needs to have some confidence before he goes into competition. You know what I mean? So he needs a little bit of that. You know, let me gain it. Let me build it up. You know, let me find my spots. And then, you know, the you know, the monster kind of comes out. Right. So. I think the way he's just he's working them in is is phenomenal, and you know bringing them in at a slow pace, man. But you know Iowa State has done so well over the years in terms of basketball, and Ots has done a great job since he's got there. So, um, you know, I, I think people are kind of sitting back watching and wondering why, but I think over time it'll kind of show the purpose of it all. So. Well, and the approach seems to be working. You know, that first game, he had some foul troubles, which that's going to happen, you know, in any game, whether it's game one or game 55. And this last weekend, he had 14 points. He looked good. And it's not like they're running isolation for him. It's in the flow of the offense. And the whole team really seems to be involved right now, which is – it's fun to watch. This team is a – it's fun. They're sharing the ball. They're – they're running when they can. Uh, they're shooting the threes. They're kicking it out. They're penetrating. They're playing great defense still. That's a continuation from the last couple of years under odds. Uh, it's, it's really a fun team to watch. Sure. Yeah, All definitely right, playing so, the right way is very important. Um, hello? You hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we hear you. Froze up a little bit yeah. there. Yeah, I was saying playing the right way is definitely important. Uh, you know, Coach, I was definitely, you know, coaches that way has always been a stickler about that. Um, and that, and that's, you know, encouraging to see because, you know, it's not about the, the right now success. It's the building for the time that means the most, the conference, getting ready for the NCAA tournament, building that momentum to be a strong team 
when it comes to that. And we've always been those type teams where um, once we got to that that time of play, they knew we were about business or you're going to come and, and, and get an L or it's going to be a, a tough a tough W for you to get if you happen to win. So mm-hmm. that's encouraging to know. Uh, but, again, I, I'm always going to be biased with, you know, my youngster that's, that's a big man and him being a McDonald's All-American. I'm definitely looking to – to see him make you know strides and, and leaps and bounds sooner than later, I'm hoping. One hundred percent. Right. <laughs> Got to. Well, again, they're they're taking a very good approach, and uh, I think you made a good point, both of you. Let's get the confidence gone, and then let's let's see where things shake out with the Big Twelve Conference. That is the toughest conference in the country. We have to realize that. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get your, your team me. ready to trust me. To, to go <laughs> we, we really, it's, we it's realize, right? Every game, <laughs> you can't, you can't take a night off. We in, realize, in you just can't. Yep. All right, so we're approaching the Thanksgiving Man. holiday. Uh, just a reminder to everybody: Sunday afternoon at two o'clock is the duel against Iowa, the wrestling duel. Let's make sure we're watching that. That's on the big channel, ESPN. But in the meantime, Thanksgiving, what's on your plate? What what makes for a good Thanksgiving? What's the one thing you have to have as a part of your meal to make it Thanksgiving? Cornbread dressing. I got to right. add that cornbread dressing. That's a southern staple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, got to have it. Got to have it. Can I stop and get some at your shop? No, nah, I won't be there. Okay. Nah, it's not not for public consumption. That's that's at the house, man. We don't it's <laughs> a secret nah. recipe. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, that's passed down years and years, you know. No, nah, it's uh it, it definitely won't be at the shop. I can promise you that. <laughs> just just dinner rolls. Just dinner rolls at the shop. That's it. But I gotta right. have well, at least my, my dressing there. Well, the one thing I, I, I I, I got to have some, some cranberry sauce. I know oh, yeah. I know. I get a lot of flack yeah. about people like cranberry yeah. sauce. I'm like, you know, you know, I, I love so you like the fr- sauce. You like the fresh, you like the cranberries? I, I pretty much put it on everything. You like the berries or you like the, the, the can, like the, the gel? The, the can gel. I, I hadn't really had the berries. I, I mean, see the people that, I mean, some of the people had the biggest, ones with the berries barely, in it. We barely have watermelons. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I, no, I hadn't seen that. Who's it? Denny Ryan said, and cinnamon rolls as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We doing cinnamon rolls and, and dinner rolls, man, at the Kalachi shop. Cinnamon rolls, you know. Got to have all <laughs> on your tables too. What about? Man. What about? What about? I'm a big jelly. You, what, what you got to have? I'm, I'm a big jelly cranberry as well, but I have to have apple pie. That's I just have to have apple pie. So I'll go to probably Costco tomorrow or um, Wednesday and buy one of those dynamic, ginormous ones and. And make sure that gets uh, brought home with me. Is that just for you, or is that you sharing with with the family? Uh, I might share. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love apple. Does pie. it does it does it wait to Thursday to, to get cut, or, <laughs> or how does that work? I'll I'll so I'll do my best. I'm going to be running in a 5K out in your neck of the woods, Brent, on Thursday morning. Okay, for a oh, turkey wow. trot. But I oh, yeah. guarantee you, I may have a slice when I get home after the turkey trot. There you go. A little run. It's worth the reward, you know. 
You worked, yeah, it, I think you worked so it all off. You got to go get it. Got to go grab it right yeah. now. I'll wear some <laughs> of it off. Some of it. What are you running in shoes wise? I haven't. I, that's a good question. I have like, so I'm kind of a shoe whore when it comes to running shoes. I I probably um, I just donated three of those gigantic bags because I collected them all. My wife is getting on my case, and I probably have another <laughs> fifteen or twenty running shoes that um, I track the mileage on all of them, mm. and then I'll turn them into mowing or yard shoes, and then at some point I'll just say enough's enough, and I'll I'll donate them all. Well, except for the, the the ones with all the grass stains on them, because yeah. <laughs> I do I do run quite a bit. Hmm. All right, so one question, quick quick question as we uh, start to dial it down for the day. Um, I'm a not only do I love shoes, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. How many podcasts do you guys listen to, and how many is too many? Because I'll tell you right now, I listen to about seventy Ooh. different podcasts. Some are weekly, monthly, daily, uh, but. As a way to get around it, I, I listen to them at double speed, which drives my family nuts when we get into a car. Yeah. Uh, but that's just how my brain works. What about you guys? Uh, I, I'm at nine. nine huh? I'm at nine. Wow. Yeah, I just I just counted the 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 ones that I listen to on a regular. Um, starting with all the smoke with with the Matt Barnes and uh Steven Jackson all the yeah. way down to um, what's this on the No Jumper podcast? So I'm at, oh, I'm at, <laughs> no jump. At about yeah. eight or nine that I listen to. You know, um, once I'm in the gym, uh, sometimes I got to get off the podcast when I'm in the gym because I'm I'm listening to the podcast too much. You know, and then I got to just switch over to listening to music. But when I'm warming up on a treadmill, you know, that's when I'm pretty much listening to um podcasts and then. And then I switch from there. Yeah, so I got I got nine that's in a steady rotation. There you go. Couple suggestions down here that I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's what I don't think. <laughs> I like old Nightcap with old fucking uh, Ocho. I don't know if you watched that one, but Martin. oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. That, that one funny as hell. But that one uh, is funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, I probably I'm at, I think I'm at like seven or eight. Uh, I'm like you though, Dave. When I'm reading my books, my audio books, I got it on like two speed. So it's like, yeah. like, what are you? What is he saying? I was like, I feel like I'm reading it because I'm slowing it down in my mind and yeah. like reading the words in my mind while he's talking so that I can grasp what he's saying. So I prefer it that way. But yeah, I'm about seven or eight. You you listening to it on on? Would you say two point two yeah, times 2. the 0. speed or two point yeah. double speed? Yeah, yeah. I'm anywhere between 1.5 and two. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. got a couple of meditation apps that go a little bit faster than what it should when yeah. when it's still on. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, hold on, like last time that that took me 11 minutes. Now I'm done in five and a half. I'm, five, I'm still on the treadmill. Like, okay, now I got to switch it back. But yeah, yeah. They didn't get you oh, quite as calm as you had hoped to be, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My focus, I'm trying to get my breathing right, got my eyes closed, <laughs> holding on to the treadmill. It's like, then the bell ring. I'm like, there's no way. All right, <laughs> guys. over that fast, and I got to switch it back for that. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Uh, Thank appreciate you. 
spending time with you today. As a reminder to everybody, Appreciate we do it. have that upcoming event at Rebelton on December 2nd, where you get a chance to meet all of the hosts of the Three Beards Media podcast. December 9th, uh, right? What's that? Is it the 9th or the 2nd? Uh, that is the 9th. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Right, Chris? Right. If not, someone will correct us yeah, in, the, the, in the comments, yeah. but yeah. it is the 9th. Um, as well, we do have a very special guest coming up. I think we can announce on December 11th, on that following Monday, we're going to have Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard on. I know we're all looking forward to that with some engaging and great questions. If you have any questions that you like, feel free to shoot us a message, leave a comment, um, send us a note via Twitter as long as we're not kicked off of it. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Spend some time with your family, relax, and enjoy all the football games and basketball games that are coming up. The Cyclones are playing in a tournament in Orlando, Florida. They play Thursday, Friday, and on Sunday. That's it. We'll see you next week for another edition of In the Side of the Storm. Let's see it.